Good morning, San Andreas. The baby boom is officially over. You are all irrelevant. Now die. You're listening to Radio X, the birthplace of modern rock and fundamental social upheaval. This is Sage on Radio X. Do you love it? Just say it. Say it. Sage. How did it make you feel? Sage, bringing the future of rock and roll. And trust me, I know where it's headed. Hey, it's DJ Sage from Radio X. You know me. You're listening to Dave from Apartment 303. Greetings, human beings. And welcome back to Apartment 303, a podcast for community fans. My name is Dave, and on today's special bonus episode, we are going to be doing something not just incredibly fun, but also completely different from any of our previous episodes. Joining us now in Apartment 303 is Jody Schauback, the voice of DJ Sage from Radio X in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Jody, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Welcome to the show. Hey! doing something a little bit different, kind of going to do a deep dive on something that is clearly not directly community related. But as this conversation goes on, I think some connections are definitely going to show themselves here. But I do want to start you off with a question. And this is something we normally ask, you know, most people who come on. And that is, as far as the main characters in the show, is there one particular character that you identify most closely with or that you see a lot of yourself in? Yeah. So if I was speaking as Britta, I'm sorry, if I was speaking as DJ Sage, I would say Britta. Awesome Freudian. Absolutely. (laughs) On the nose. Very, very accurate. But if I'm speaking as myself, I would be more of a Shirley. I really like to take care of people. I really want people to feel good. And yeah, Shirley is very much who my daily life is. I I want everybody to feel good and uh, know that they are smart and pretty and strong and all those things that, uh, you know, your mom should have told you. But yeah, I think Britta and Shirley That is definitely a unique answer on the Shirley front. I think you're the first person that I've been in an interview with who has answered Shirley. Really? Um, Well, but she really just wants everybody to get along and everybody to be okay with who they are. And even if it's not necessarily something she agrees with or, or believes in, I think she just really wants everybody to be okay with themselves. Am I off there? Isn't that Shirley? No, not at all. You're you're hitting this on the head. Like yeah. I said, it's a great answer. And really probably the reason that we haven't heard that answer a lot is because a lot of our guests have been in the younger range in terms of relating to the characters and the actors in the show. So we haven't had a Pierce yet either. Although age might not be the only thing standing between people claiming that and not. I can talk about that as well. <laughs> that is very, very exciting. Have you ever had any personal experience with him? No, I don't like Chevy Chase. Just That's just me. I don't like Chevy Chase. I feel like because I was, you know, a little kid um, using toothpicks to keep my eyes open so I could watch Saturday Night Live. Um, I still watch Saturday Night Live. So like that's just a constant in my life. But I feel like Chevy Chase thinks he's a lot funnier than he is. Not the character Pierce, because that's a script and someone wrote that. But I don't like Chevy Chase I don't know what it is. I maybe was a Bill Murray or a John Belushi fan. And I just think that the vacation movies and Fletch, it just isn't my jam. So an actor can ruin a show for me. Not that 
Chevy Chase ruined community for me, but I just don't like Chevy Chase. So any Pierce-heavy storyline was not one of my favorites. Yeah, I think that's actually probably a much more common response, but I, I would say that overwhelmingly, while he has his moments, he's not as cherished as the other main characters in the show for a lot of reasons, many of which have to do with off-screen stuff. Yeah, and and I don't know if that was stunt casting, but yeah, Chevy Chase is not for me. Okay, so what is for you when it comes to community? Do you have a favorite episode or favorite moment, something that always kind of sticks out to you? Yeah, so the Troy Abed relationship is just the the heartwarmiest of all. Um, heartwarmiest, I, I love it. <laughs> the two of them, I feel like when you find your person, they compliment you, they help you through the things that you have trouble with. I'm married to someone who has social anxiety. I am a chatty Kathy. I've never met a stranger. I can talk to someone about anything at any time. So he doesn't have to feel as like awkward and, and weird when we're out. And he feels positively towards that. He can't make a phone call without like psyching himself up. You know, I can that talk on the phone so all day. Much. You could be talking about Troy and Abed right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think that um, maybe when you're in your early 20s, which a lot of the characters in community are in their early 20s, still trying to search, you know, figure out who they are. But in addition to that, where they fit with other people, and finding the people that complement you or complement your strengths and weaknesses is just is kind of what being in your 20s is about, I feel. Being far enough away from it, I really think that I was unaware of that at the time. But now I see it as, you know, you kind of like, why didn't that friendship last? Or why did we break up as friends? Or not so much intimate, you know, partnered kind of stuff, but like just friendships and what draws you to some people. I know Jeff is everybody's favorite, but like all these other characters really work together to to make this ensemble cast. Like I love characters that are just flawed, but they work through those flaws. Okay. So most people who are listening to this probably already know that Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas specifically, came out in 2004. It's something that, you know, you always come back to. And even now in my adult years, I don't have a lot of time to be actively engaged in video games. But I make a habit of booting up Grand Theft Auto, getting in a car, and I'll just sit and listen to the radio. I'll just sit and listen to the fake radio because it does kind of remind me of those days. I'm old enough to where I did grow up listening to the radio, even though that's not really a thing anymore in my life. Right. To kick off the conversation into all of this, how did you get this role? How did you get cast as DJ Sage? So there was a format switch at LIR, WLIR in Long Island. I was working in San Diego at 91X, which was the alternative station in San Diego. And the cool thing about that at the time was radio stations just started leaving like that CHR contemporary hit radio when billboard charts had everything from 
rap and contemporary hits. It wasn't just pop. It wasn't, it was like all the genres were together on the charts. It's like everything just all mixed in together. Right. So in LA, K-Rock was started. 91X was started based on a personal record collection from the program director in LA at K-Rock. So I was working at 91X and saw that they were going to start a new radio station called the Underground Network. And radio has changed so much in my lifetime, and now it barely exists. But it was what I would say was the first sort of syndication. It used to be that you could only own one AM, one FM, and one TV station in every market. No one could own more than that Okay. to not monopolize the market, have one point of view, one perspective. And then in the 90s, I think Bill Clinton deregulated radio. And so that's when the clear channels, the multimedia groups, iHeartRadio, all of that was able to happen. So there are now groups of radio stations and every group owns a country station and a top 40 station and an oldie station and a news station. So you've got one owner owning all the radio stations and usually a TV station in each market. So we were starting a a thing called the Underground Network, which was going to be early. It was early syndication. So it felt kind of cool that we were on the ground floor of making alternative music available in other markets where they couldn't dedicate an entire station to alternative if maybe there wasn't enough listeners. So it was me, it was Laszlo, Cousin Ed was there, but it was mostly, it was Laszlo at the station, and he did this thing called the Technophile. But he was Laszlo car- in real life, is, is what you're oh, saying, yeah. for sure. He's Laszlo in okay. real life. And I had the biggest crush on him, and Aww. he was the first vegan I ever met, and he had a dog, and he, like, his whole motivation in life was he was, every day he was going to get into the ocean. And I'm like... And that's a good goal to have. That's achievable. Every day, you just go to the beach and make sure you get in the ocean. That was one of the things that I was like, who makes that as a goal? It's a great goal. But we we were there, and we would do funny spots. The helmet shine spot in the first game, I did. And that's when he originally contacted me. I was working at a a talk station in Washington State, and he's like, hey, we're doing this game. I need some commercials. Will you do this? So I did that. When we were in New York, it was, we were all single, and I remember specifically I had gotten some piercings, and now this is the time that we were living in. I showed every single person my boobs. Every single person. Because you were proud of your piercings, right? I just got my nipples pierced. Do you want to see? And every single person got to see my boobs. And I think that might be part of why when he was looking for someone to do DJ Sage, he's like... Jody, she's our gal. So, so you had already started to develop a little bit uh, of a positive reputation there. It sounds like. Yeah, I, I, I've done, done some good hype work for yourself. Ben, yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty much out there. I, you know, there is no pretense with me. I was just very happy that I had gotten, gotten some piercings done and wanted to show people. Hmm. So I got fired or laid off or whatever, because that's who I am. Not because of the piercings, though, for something different. No, no, it was a different time. You could show anybody anything at a radio station and no one would say word one. Sure, sure. 
But a few years later, Laszlo contacted me and said, remember that commercial we did that was so funny? And it was like a parody of a Calvin Klein commercial from the 90s. And he's like, I need you to do something like that for me for this video game I'm doing. And I was like, sure. And then a couple of years later, he said the actress that was supposed to play DJ Sage was unwilling to say some of the things that DJ Sage (laughs) said. I mean, it's fair. And I was like, I'll do it. You saw my nipples. I'll say whatever you want. I think we're past that point already. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. Like I said, we were at a family reunion. I was in a park across the street from the family reunion, and my kid was playing in the sandbox, and he said, can you do this uh, now? And I'm like, now, now, tonight, now? And my husband asked the owner of the radio station if I could record it. I had to sign a no-compete, not a no-compete, a non-disclosure. No one was allowed to see the script other than me. I wasn't even allowed to record it on my side. He oh, had wow. to record it on his side because it was so secretive. Because yeah. you can't be trusted like with the you, files. Well, and you saw what happened when they did the re-release. Like so much stuff has come out about you know all the coding and stuff like that. But I think they were trying to keep it so secret because it was going to be so groundbreaking. Because when you think about games now and the all of the interactive stuff and open world. I just don't think games were like that at that point. No, and even the two titles that preceded it, they had right. taken steps toward that, but it was San Andreas that really realized that concept they had been building to over the yep. PS2 games. Yeah, and the concept of the radio stations and the different characters, and I don't know, were there Easter eggs in video games before this? I don't know, but I mean, I know... Sage gives clues. I know the other stations, you know, pepper in some clues on getting tasks done. So it was so groundbreaking and secretive. And Laszlo was on the phone talking to me as I would do the read. He would tell me if I didn't say it right. But, you know, most of it. But it's all a script. So I don't want, I mean, when he asked me to improvise, I could. But it wasn't like... I wrote those lines, and I'm so clever. It was a very a well-produced... Are there any lines you remember that were improvised that made it in? I don't. Again, I... I know, it's been, I, it's been a while. <laughs> well, it's been a while, and, you know, I I had a, a three-year-old kid. I'm guessing you don't um, spend a lot of time sitting around listening to Radio X all day anymore, so... People would send me the, like, YouTubes, like, here's the best of DJ Sage. They would send those to me. I don't remember saying them, not because I smoke a lot of pot or anything like that. I just, it was 20 years ago. I don't remember everything I said 20 years ago. So um, I have nephews that were like, oh, I was playing the game. And Aunt Jody, you said you had crabs. And I'm like, well, that's great. And your aunt says she has crabs. Look, 1992 is a different time, kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's right. not get well, all judgy no. about things. <laughs> right. And and when I played it, because I am, you know, a very different person than I was then, and the video game uses words I won't use, and when, it was a, a bit of a moral struggle for me. Like, I was going to play it, you know, and they say words that I would never allow on a feed of mine, and the people that were there watching it, it was just more of a of a goof for them because, you know, I play these these games online with people and they have no idea that I'm DJ Sage. They have no idea. And we're, 
I don't know, an hour into this stream and no one realizes that the person on the radio is the same person talking on the the, oh the, the Twitch feed. It was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, do you not, is it not? Because I hear it and it's exactly me, but. I, yeah. I was unsure what you were going to sound like when you when you joined the interview today. Like, I've been listening to you as DJ Sage for 15 years, and I've never heard you speak outside of that until today. And you popped in, and it, it took two words, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's fucking Sage. Oh, this is unbelievable. You sound <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I quit smoking. Day. Yeah. I quit smoking. Had I kept smoking, it would have sounded very different. I mean, I'm irreverent, and I say things to get a rise out of people, so... Like when people contact me, Twitter, and they're like, oh, DJ Sage, I'm, I'm like so excited because it makes me happy that something I did affects people and they want to tell me about it. Even though like I didn't create it, but you know, like that's my voice and it makes you happy, that makes me happy. No, but you ended up being an important part of it and one of the most long-lasting uh, and memorable parts of it. I love the way you phrase it. It's so humble on your Twitter bio. And I did that thing on that video game that one time. <laughs> well, because people would be like, hey, I don't know if you know about DJs. Because, like, I used to post pictures of my kid. Yeah. And, you know. It's a fine line awesome. on the internet. Right. But this is like, you know, if you know, then you know. It's not right. just a bunch of random people who happened and say, oh, I recognize, you know, that. I'll let me insert myself in things I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, and I and like I'm cool about it and I don't I don't want to be an influencer and I don't want to be a Twitch partner. I, like I just I just want to play video games and listen to music and do my job and have fun and if somebody is interested in talking about this, I am so excited to talk about it. But I'm also not going to be like, did you know I did the voice of DJ Sage? You know, like, hey, pay attention to me. Because that's just not who I am. I would much rather, like, have other people be like, hey, I, I love it when people send me emails or contact me. And they're like, listen, you help shape my musical tastes. And I, that that to me gives me chills. And it's like, that's so awesome. Because music to me is one of the greatest things of all time. Absolutely, and I definitely fall into that category. Like I said, I'm technically a millennial on the old end of it. I grew up with the local radio station in Chicago, Q101, back in the time. Nice. So Q101 and Grand Theft Auto fake radio stations pretty much defined my musical taste when I was coming of the age where it wasn't just the stuff that my family had been listening to incidentally while I was growing up, right? But as a result of that, you know, my musical wheelhouse really tended to kind of be more of like the mid to late 90s. So the music I liked obviously predated that. And I think part of the reason that San Andreas for me sticks out so much is because like it really is a time capsule to 1992. Mm -hmm. And you can go to any of the stations and, and you can feel that. So that really helped me educate myself on kind of the end of, of Gen X that I just missed. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think uh, there's some study about how, like, what you learn and what you like in your, your late teens, like, stick with you forever. Absolutely. I can listen to bands that I listened to in high school still to this day. You know, I get excited about these guys who look like grandpas. 
putting out punk rock music, it just makes me happy because yeah. that is what I like. You get me a band that has a high voice lead singer and a varied tempo. And if it's funny or clever or punches up and, you know, tries to tear down like patriarchy or whatever like that is I'm all about it. So I'm always kind of looking for that and Spotify or Tidal or whatever their streaming services, you know, they try to introduce me to other stuff and it's cool and I'll listen and I'll be like, oh, okay, I like that song. But yeah, I have a tendency to go back to the stuff I listened to in high school. Yeah, I think since that time period for me, there's definitely been a lot more that I've added to my listening rotation that came out before than mm -hmm. has come out since. I was very much a, a grunge alternative kid, but like, I don't think I've ever turned off Third Eye Blind. Anything that brings you back to that window is like automatically a win in my brain. Yeah. But you think Radio X only has about 12 songs? And yeah, less, you less, know, less now, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know all the details about the, the re release. It's, down, it's down to 13. Wow. So you mentioned the re release. Let's just get into that real briefly here. Most people probably know within the last, it's only been two weeks even, right. uh, Rockstar released what they're calling the definitive edition re-release <laughs> of all three games. Good, good. See, you know what's yeah, up. Hey, you maybe shouldn't have called it that. You maybe should have been like, yeah, hey, we're just doing was, our best here. That was some good stepping on a shovel work, whoever <laughs> named it that. Uh, right. So aside from a lot of other graphical glitches, which I don't really need to get in with you, there was an issue where apparently the licensing on some of this music has run out. So yep. both Hellraiser by Ozzy and Killing in the Name have been removed from Radio X. And I'm not sure. I haven't played it. I haven't bought it because uh, it sounds like right now spending even money if on you this did. game is not. I mean, obviously, you're not here to promote this. We're just talking honestly. But even if you did buy it, you wouldn't be able yeah. to play it. So until they get all the But I wonder the how they cut it with Killing in the Name because you have a line that leads straight into the song. Like, you're talking over the intro, right? Right. So I'm going to have to see if I can get some help from the internet to, to figure out exactly how they cut that. But still, I mean, they're all... Great. Yeah. And I, I had forgotten. And I, I just think that that, like you said, it's such a specific time with music. And all the stations have such specific music. And that was one of the things that I thought when they were talking about the issues with the music licensing. Like, that is one of the defining... I think that was maybe the first game that ever did that, where you could change the station and listen to the music you liked and yeah that um, was that was definitely a grand theft auto franchise innovation and then how are they going to take some of those songs out but who well, knows at first i is my thing the first couple reports i heard it sounded like they completely removed all of the music and i was like that's not even that is that is an unplayable game uh but right. apparently it was just some and something else you hit on earlier, yeah, one of the back-end issues they've been having is they didn't actually remove those songs they no longer own. They just put a script in, the code, to make them not play so people can still access them if they're right. so motivated or knowledgeable, which I think is part of the reason it got taken down. But hopefully they get that resolved because uh, the music hasn't changed. But uh, you mentioned Ben Caught Stealing. That was the one that one of the ones that I learned from the game. Uh, that was one that 
wasn't played on the radio a lot when I was first learning rock music. But nowadays, and this is crazy, out of this whole list from Radio X, that song is played on the local radio where I live all of the time. Now, granted, we have four rock stations here, and Jane's Addiction now can technically be played on our classic rock stations. That's terrible. <laughs> they're, they're four. Makes you feel old. I mean, the first time I heard Nirvana on classic rock, I had to pull over. Got a, got a. That might have for... been. I might have aged ten years in that yeah. moment alone. The first yeah. time. Now it's like my favorite thing. Anytime I hear early now or mid nineties, you know, stuff on class, I get really happy. But man, the yeah. first time was, was rough. But Ben Cut Stealing is always on. I can leave my house, go to a thirty minute drive. I guarantee I'm going to hear it on one of those stations. That's one of the things I don't like about radio. It's they have such tight playlists. I I don't know if. It's like uh, it's crazy. This one survived though, and is still on that sort of a repetitive. Cycle. Oh, but it's such a. I mean, it's such a good song. Oh, I, I never turn it of off. <laughs> right. I think. I, I. I mean, there are just certain songs that fit. You know, tick every box. It's short. It is a, a male vocalist. It is upbeat. And like when radio stations get programmed, they sort of. How many male vocals do we have? How many upbeat songs? How many down? Uh, song. So it's all this formula, and I think, I don't know, maybe radio stations play somewhere between uh, 140 and maybe 200 songs on a kind of like average rotation, and that's not a lot if you're thinking 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, not So not you're going to hear Ben Caught stealing a bunch, which is not a problem for me. So... It says online, right? We've got oh not a ton of sources. Everything's true online. But, uh, well, you know, if I read it on the internet, it must be true. But then I was reading on the, on the GTA wiki when I was looking for uh, some of these track lists. And it says that, the hypothesis at least, is that DJ Sage is likely a parody of either Courtney Love or Danita Sparks. Is that just a, a crazy internet opinion, or do you see that, or did you consider either of those artists when you were getting into character? No. So that was I, my guess, but I'm glad no, to hear you say it. <laughs> no, because well, just because I don't think that. So people have had time to just ruminate on it and think about it and read things into it that I don't think at the time that they were making this game and I'm just going to specifically talk about Laszlo because you know he was my connection to participate I don't think that they were trying to set up lore or backstory for these folks I think there were certain things that they like DJ Sage's family was was rich um and she sort of was a rebel against that and I think that that was just part of just that particular character but I don't think that there was a lot of thought put into um, this is you know we're trying to make it seem like it's this person or another person at least that wasn't the perception I got and I got little instruction the original person and I don't know if this is any common knowledge because I don't know how many people know this, but the original person that was supposed to voice DJ Sage was, is it Juliette Lewis? Was she in, was she in Cape Fear? She was the girl in Cape Fear. That is, that is some unique information you're putting out there. So Juliette Lewis 
Yeah, she was in Cape Fear. Yeah, no, Natural Born Killers. Um, yeah, Natural Born Killers with Woody Harrelson. So, and the 94 was when that movie came out. She was hot as an actress. I think they wanted her on that uh, For the game. name. For, for the name and kind of her edginess in Natural Born Killers. And if I would say she was, if DJ Sage was sort of written... Or someone specific, it was her, but she didn't want to say that she had crabs, I guess. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll say anything. I'll say anything you want. Wow. Oh, and it was just one of those things where it, it seemed like it was just my friend Laszlo putting together this thing that I didn't even really understand. He just said, I need somebody to voice a DJ on the radio. And I'm like, I can do that. And we just did it. So that does who knew it was going to turn into this big old thing? Who knew? I'm so glad that we could be sitting here talking about this in the year 2021. It is seriously amazing. Isn't so, it? And like it's still got legs and people still want to play it. And and, and we're still um, getting new information. Right. Well, I've had that <laughs> information. Well, you had been hoarding it to yourself. And now you yes. have, you've generously shared it with the group. And, and, you, may, and, you, may, and you may be the first person I've actually said that name. I, and, you know, when we first started talking, you're like, I bet you get these all the time. I really don't. I, I don't think people work very hard <laughs> to find people. So uh, I really have only been asked a couple of times to do interviews, which is okay. I get more like, guys wanting to know what I look like and I go you have a mom right um, so, so that Savage. just ends Savage. that conversation at all at, at completely because they they DJ Sage will forever be 24 and yeah, I that's... do not have that luxury <laughs> this damn aging keeps you know, creeping I up think, on me I think it took me about an hour to find you on the internet and then about six months to get up the courage to ask you for an interview. Oh, <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't searching that whole time. And certainly after having had the chance to speak with you, I now realize how ridiculous that was in retrospect. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah. right? <laughs> but when you, but you, like, people think, oh, you must have made all this money and you must be this voice actor. And I'm like, not really. The only games that I've done or voice acting that I've done have been for friends. I think that Penn and Teller video game that never saw the light of day. I, I did um, voices on that. Not the not the bus one, um, but the other games that were on that. Uh, but it didn't see the light of day. So that, and I think I read a textbook for some other friend that needed a female to read a textbook. So I did that. But I really, I just live my life and do my thing. I really do have a very boring life. So this is this is excitement for me. So you, you came to this as basically as a real DJ, not as an actress. Oh, yeah. No, I, I yeah. started being in radio like I, and this is going to sound, see, when I say things that I said when I was younger, I'm like, oh, Jody. <laughs> but I didn't think I was pretty enough to be on TV and I loved music so much, and I knew I wasn't talented enough to learn an instrument. And I just wanted to be near music and entertainment. So I started working in radio. And I got my first job when I was 17, and I worked at an, a country station that was syndicated. And I just read the legal ID 
every hour from midnight to 6 a.m. when they required. <laughs> like, that's how badly I wanted to be in the industry of radio as it existed then. That's awesome, exist. though. That's, yeah. that's really clawing your way in. And then and then I worked at an oldie state, an AM oldie station. So if you can imagine oh music sounding as crappy and as tinny as imaginable. Yeah, I, my I ears played are hurting oldies. just hearing about this. <laughs> and then after STU, I got a job in Ohio, Miami, Ohio, which is nothing like Miami. No, it, it is was, not. I have been um, there. Yeah, the University of Miami. Uh, my my so, co-host for the show actually graduated from Miami of Ohio. So okay, so Looney. So when you talk to them, oops, say that I talked to you about Looney Tunes, which was the only record store in town. And I worked at 97X, um, which was the alternative station in town, which Rain Man, um, you know, when Rain Man is in the movie, do you know the movie Rain Man or am I aging myself? No, I have seen it, but it has been quite some time. So they're in the radio and Tom Cruise has the radio on and uh, Rain Man keeps saying the like station IDs like, Oh, okay. Seven yeah, yeah, yeah. X. So that was the radio station that they chose to use, just their liner. So I worked there. And then from there, I think we had a war in 91. And I went back to live near my family because a war made me scared. And then got back in and started working at 91X and went to Washington. So I move around a lot, like I'm on the run. You just, you know, or you're just well traveled, you know. Yeah, but I love I loved radio. I loved being around music. Uh, just a personal note: radio is a real dick. And <laughs> when I've been fired so much, I got fired on maternity leave. What? It wasn't even on the air, and I got fired. I have been fired uh, from more radio jobs than I care to even note. The last time I got fired, and this is very DJ Sage, it was in the winter. Listen, this is the funniest. And I knew it, and I say I get fired. They did a format change. We knew it was coming. They asked us to come into the office. We were doing a talk show on Progressive Talk Station in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, Lee Rayburn and myself were called into the office, and I just brought all my shit because I knew I was getting fired. And I had, because I ate Cheerios every morning like a toddler, and I had my, my knit cap, and I had my Cheerios in it, and I'm just eating my Cheerios as the owner of the radio station is telling me I'm no longer employed. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even care at this point, because you, you, radio sucks, and you people don't know what you're doing, and uh, it became so corporate. And so, like, about money, and we're going to take 20 stations that we can syndicate one DJ on and pay that person $5 more a year, and they're going to be thankful for it. I really hate large corporations, and it is very sad to me that this industry that I loved so much that, like, as a 10, 12, 13-year-old girl uh, wanted to be in so badly has just become this corporate shill that I just don't want to participate in. Sorry, going to step off my soapbox. No, this is this is everything I could have dreamed for and more. So far, you have been exceptionally generous with your time. Oh. I, th- I think I asked you for like a 20-minute interview. I can uh, talk all day about myself. I, I'm about to let <laughs> you, so, so be careful. <laughs> it's so silly. You're like, it was just going to be a one-off, but we're going to do a 14-part series. No, I'm kidding. I really can't just... I, 
I'm very rarely focused on myself because it's a Shirley. So it's just, it's fun to talk about this stuff every once in a while. Okay, I would be completely remiss if I let you get out of here without asking you a couple more general music questions. Can okay. You, can we do just a couple music questions? Okay. Oh, heck yeah. So is there any experience or like any piece of memorabilia that is part of your kind of musical story that really sticks out or that you would want to share? Yeah, I, I, have, t- I have t-shirts. I only own concert shirts. It is really silly. I love going to shows. I know bands don't make their money from doing live shows. They make it on merch. So if you're going to a show, buy a $40 t-shirt because that's how they make their money. So I always do that. I love it. i going to a show, my first show since the pandemic in December. I'm going to, and I'm going to let my daughter skip school. Well, she's in college, so I'm taking her, and we're going to go see Robert DeLong in Brooklyn. It is going to be an amazing show. Robert DeLong is worth a listen, and I only say that because he is both punk rock but also electronic, and I didn't think I was going to love him as much as I do, but I do. He's so good. And his uh, lyrics are amazing. But we're going to see him. When we saw him, he opened for another band. And we did not buy any of his merch. So I'm going to buy Robert DeLong merch. But I I had a post I did on Twitter where I was talking about my brand. Because everybody's talking about this is my brand. So on my house, my apartment wall, I have a platinum album from Soundgarden that I got as a Christmas bonus. The joke is I tried to pay my rent with it and I got evicted because you can't pay rent with a gift of a platinum album. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to, to rent you a couple rooms for that album. No Listen, problem. It's just, but it's like, you <laughs> know, when heartbeat. you, well, you know, being a, a person who believes that workers should be compensated for what they do, it's like, oh, hey, you work hard. It's Christmas. Here is something to hang on your wall. But it's forever old. It is, It, it it's nice. It's better it's than cool. like a $10 gift certificate to the station store, right? Yep. Yeah. Or, or, you know, here's, here's $100 in Panera. Like, I love Panera, <laughs> exactly. but that then it's just, yeah, it's going to go somewhere else. Um, so that, and that's funny because that has my name, Jody Shaw, back on it. But then when I got married, I, I'm traditional. I took my husband's last name. So then people look at it and they're like, who's Jody Shawback? And I'm like, <laughs> you can't put it together. My friends are stupid. And then I have a picture of artwork done by Coop. Coop did a lot of uh, concert posters for bands in LA. He was, you know, he's just a well-known, he does like Devil Girls and Monster kind of Cars I wanted to get a tattoo, and he drew a picture of a ham for me because I love ham. So that's the black and white version. I uh, am in personal possession of the only color version of that, and that is my tattoo. And oh, then wow. the then the last one is the WX78 from the video game, the game that I'm playing online a bunch now, which is the Don't Starve Together. So we dressed up, not dressed up, I played WX, and that was that's the mask. So this is my current brand. Um, Your current brand. It will always brand. be music. It will always be ham. And then whatever game I'm playing is featured on my wall. I like that you have the cardboard mask 
in the same same thing as the platinum record that that shows some real diversity in approach. If you knew how much I played this game to try to get even reasonably good at it, it's a silly game. Uh, but and I didn't think I was gonna like it. And this is just as a as a human normal person. I, I'm a mom of a college student, and any way that I can get to see and talk to my kid. If it's playing video games, and I know that cheesy shit on TV, those commercials will do that. But if I say I'm down to play Don't Starve Together, she will get online and she and I will talk for five hours um, about the game, about music, about whatever well, that's she awesome. did, whatever I did. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you're gaming with someone, like there's always kind of that downtime. Like, yeah, you're going to be talking about the game, but there's time in between tasks to complain and so you about fill that with other conversation yeah. yeah and it is it, it makes me happy and it's a game i can play and i can get about 25 days into it and not die which is i don't know have you heard of it i Jack haven't Star i games? haven't heard of it it's listen it's so silly and it's stupid and i love it and it's great <laughs> but it is very addictive. That's it really is. all that matters when it comes it to is. a game or any, any form of entertainment, honestly, you know, that you're investing your free time into. But, like, I tried to play, like, Astroneer or other, like, 3D worlds. I have a very hard time, even in Grand Theft Auto, like, keeping that XY axis straight. I would be looking up CJ's crotch more than I wanted to um, in playing the game. So it that... 3D aspect of some games is difficult for, for my old brain. So I'm like 2D, 2D. Yeah. I'm still so. proudly rocking my PlayStation 3 here in the studio. Nice. Uh, it's got all of the PS1, PS2, PS3 games I always grew up playing. And so, you know, like I said, when I do boot it up, it's usually to listen to the radio at Grand Theft Auto or, you know boot up Final Fantasy 7, you know, something from that same nice. era. Listen to some of that, you know, good soundtrack music. Yeah. I think games are at their best when they bring people together. And I think you just did a good job of, of underscoring that by sharing your experience with your daughter at college. Yeah, and she has, you know, she's made friends and talked to people and experienced people in a different way than one could if you're just going out to a club, you know, where you are sort of engaged in conversation and having to talk and ask people, how is your day and what are you doing and are you okay? Even if it's just in the, the gaming aspect of it, it really has made things easier, especially last year when everything was locked down and nothing was going on on campus. She was an only child, and then she went from being an only child in quarantine to being in New York in quarantine alone, and it was a mental health uh, shock for At her a new because, college without right. knowing anyone. or Yeah, that's... Well, and, we'd all and struggle only, with that. Yeah, there were only, like, a thousand people on campus, and everything was online, and, and I don't know if, like, Five years ago, everybody's like, too much screen time, too much screen time. And then, like, <laughs> last year was only screen time. So, fuck you. We're doing screen time. All, all you know? that screen time we avoided, we banked it up. And now, now right. we're emptying out our savings account. <laughs> right. Yeah. The world is just whatever you want to do, just do it. If it, Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. And if that's how you want to interact with people, interact with them that way. I just, I get irritated when they're like, well, all she does is play video games. 
yeah, so who cares? That's a backward way to think about it, though, because those people are assuming that what she is doing is choosing to not go out and engage with people in real life and instead replacing that with video games when it sounds like people who are in her situation are really using that as a stepping stone. They're not doing that in place of going out. They're doing that in place of not engaging with people at all, right? Right. Because that was the choice last year. So, like, that's you know, actually a no huge step choice. forward in their social effort, not a step back. Right. But, you know, it's those people that are like, oh, I'm going to binge watch TV for 14 hours. Well, how is that any different? You're not you engaging know? with anyone. There's no right. small talk or any of the things that you've just mentioned. So let me bring it back to the Soundgarden album, because after hearing the story, it sounds like this was just this was given to you. Was it done in a specific manner? Like, was it because you were a huge Soundgarden fan or a huge fan of this album specifically? Or was it just the one they had to give? Yeah, I think it's the last one. Um, I think it's like if a radio, it's all a business. Everything is a business. So 91X played Soundgarden. It was on it early and probably gave it more spins than other stations. So they got of the 10 platinum albums that they were giving out, they got four I was one of four people that got it. Usually a program director would get it. I think maybe my program director thought I was going to be a, a bigger deal in radio than am or was. So um, it was a so forward-thinking move, perhaps. <laughs> probably. I was maybe 22 or 24 when I got it. Like, I don't even remember. It wasn't like there were pictures taken and sent to a magazine. It was just like, hey, here's your Christmas bonus and it's a it's a platinum album. I know it's not. I'd your like goal. to say it it got me laid or something. <laughs> I mean, couldn't even just, couldn't even it, pay your rent from what I've heard. <laughs> listen, it's uh, radio doesn't radio do, not a lot of stuff pays well, but definitely no. radio doesn't pay very well unless you're on the morning show, and then maybe. Well, and that's a whole different a whole different beast. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're female. Because you're just a support member of the cast and you're just supposed to laugh at the jokes that the fellas tell. Or fake, you're supposed to fake anger when they say something that is contrary yes, to your the opinion. Unnecessary, controversial yeah. deba- debate format of everything. Hey, and why don't you call in? Me. Yeah, why don't you call in and tell me what you think? And it's like you just said that to make people call and say you're stupid. So, yeah, I have a lot of issues with radio. That was one of my favorite things about the style of DJ Sage was the callers who called in were always very antagonistic toward her. And she dismissed them thoroughly, but (laughs) but never loudly. You know, it's not like she was screaming at them or anything. She was just very casually like, oh, well, yeah, well, fuck you. I don't care or whatever it might be. Somebody had sent uh, somebody had sent like a message and they're like, hey, DJ Sage, uh, can I request a song? And then I put, yeah, you can request a song. Doesn't mean I'm going to play it. And then, you know, I put Sage <laughs> and they just sent back a, like a little thing of somebody screaming. You like, probably ah, you did the DJ Sage thing day. to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. probably so, made their day. And some, yeah, and sometimes it's like that. And sometimes it's just, it's just real genuine. And I've had people from other countries say that they have, you know, learned a little bit of English by trying to translate what DJ Sage says. And, you know, just such a, <laughs> that's amazing. Not a, not a humbling thing because I don't think I'm using that word right. But it very much is the people who are fans of Radio X are like the best. 
And, you know, I'm guessing similarly to bring it back to the podcast that people who love community don't just love it because it's a funny, good show. They love it because of the writing. They love it because of the messaging. They love it because of these flawed characters are trying to be better people. And sometimes it just falls short. And but that's anybody, real life. And everyone can yes, relate to that in some yes, degree. Like, Absolutely. I mean, eventually. Everybody. <laughs> right. And I think it's the like the people who like uh, everything on Instagram is so perfect. And here's my perfect life. And, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have a perfect life. I'm messy and complicated. Even as stable and organized as I am, I still am this kind of broken, flawed person. And I think sometimes that's what makes people most endearing because, you know, you're lucky enough to be able to see them who they are. I would um, much rather spend time with people who have any degree of self-awareness uh, than people who don't think they're flawed at all. Yeah. You know, like that's... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Agreed. And it 100%. works It works with, with Jeff because, you know, his outward-facing persona is very much that. Like, he thinks he right. is God's gift to everyone he's ever come in contact with. But you see throughout the show how through his relationship with those other characters, he starts to recognize his flaws and does experience some growth. Maybe maybe not enough, but, you know. Not enough, but. <laughs> you're, on the, you're on the journey that, that counts for something. That counts for a lot. Yeah. So, okay, before I let you get out of here, uh, I know that you are not here to hawk a podcast or to tell anyone to buy the definitive edition. In fact, oh. it sounds like uh, you would be counseling us to all reserve spending money on that anyway. But well, just for now. Just oh, for yeah, now. Yeah, just, just wait It's and like see. going to a restaurant the first week it's open. It could, it could you, get better. The long line, the wait time, and just give it a month. And they'll work out all the kinks, but just... Don't worry about it. Rest right this second. But it, was there something that you wanted to plug while you were here? I always uh, have people on. Usually they're plugging a podcast or, or some kind of creative project. But uh, is there a, a cause or a charity or, or anything that comes to mind? I would just like to say that Planned Parenthood is a huge, huge passion of mine. Um, they do gender for hormone therapy they counsel women for everything from STIs, well, men as well, um, STIs. And um, I know when people think Planned Parenthood, they think one thing, but Planned Parenthood really treats everyone for any sort of reproductive situation. Somebody asked me one time what they thought DJ Sage would have done in her life after being DJ Sage. And the, the two things that I've come up with is either she sold out because she realized money is, is what matters most in the world, or she would work at Planned Parenthood. So that's why I always talk about Planned Parenthood, because it really is a place where they provide care no matter what. And whatever situation you're in, if you need just reproductive care, they are there for you. Uh, Gender-affirming hormone therapy is becoming more accessible to folks we had the Trans Day of Remembrance just a little bit ago, um, and it's just it's a it's a good option, and they are even um, starting to help with some sort of general mental health care as well. I think everyone could need some general mental health care right now, yes. whatever your gender or level of yeah. current sexual activity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be. 
But no, thank you for sharing that. I will make sure that I uh, get some of those links and I'll actually put them here in the show notes. So that's really easy for everyone to follow up. If cool. they, would they like also to check are that out. They're very informative about laws. Planned Parenthood votes is a, is a really good source. And it's hard to keep up these days because they're not the same in every area and they're constantly changing. So, And they try to slip laws through to prevent reproductive freedom in times of other, like, if something big is going on and we're focusing on one thing, just you should try to do some research because they're hiding something. Um, so, like, these laws get passed without people even knowing that they needed to vote or that it's even happening. So Planned Parenthood Votes is also another good if you're looking to follow just about the legislative stuff because these clinics can stay open and provide services. But if the Supreme Court decides to shut everybody down for 3% of what those clinics do, then people won't be able to get tested for STIs. Hey, they always have free condoms, too, and condoms are very expensive. So I just always (laughs) mention that. Free condoms. Walk into a Planned Parenthood, say, can I have a couple condoms? You can get some. They're for everybody, condoms. I think I have learned more in this discussion with you than during any other podcast interview I've done. Uh, Oh, yay! We we have hit all the greatest hits here. We started with nipple piercings. We're ending with reproductive rights. We managed to get the music and the community and the games in there. Um, yep. I, I know it's talking to someone for an hour does not let you know who they are, but I, I feel like I've been talking to DJ Sage with the side of Shirley. Uh, this there you is go. so much more awesome than even I could have imagined or hoped. For. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's like, you know, DJ Sage is like the music, just a snapshot of that time. And you would hope that DJ Sage would have turned out to be someone more like Shirley than. Exactly. Yeah, Shirley's a good character. You, you know, you're giving me all of the cool vibes, all the things I like about the character. You know, the the chillness, the standing up for women's rights, the not taking shit for anyone, you know, being, right. being willing to do things that other people might turn their nose up at. But when it comes to DJ Sage's weaknesses, you know, she's very self-centered. She doesn't care about other people. She's a self-important nihilist, mm-hmm, <laughs> specifically. Mm-hmm. And so I think replacing that with uh, Shirley, who's clearly the opposite of all of those things, was a combination I had not considered before today. So it was really fun to see it on full display. <laughs> awesome. Well, I have enjoyed this, and you call me anytime. I'm serious. Anytime. All right. That officially concludes Season 2 of Apartment 303. We will be back in January with new episodes, new guests, and new community topics. As always, you can download and listen to Apartment 303 on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Jody, Adam, and all of our wonderful guests this year, this is Dave signing off. We will see you in Season 3.